Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Tonight, I'm going to just do the second part of the message I started last week called Calling for Contentment. And just to really briefly recap, we talked about how our culture is just kind of stuck in this place of just meh, right? Like nothing is awful, but nothing is great. And I don't hate life, but I don't love life. And like, what am I doing? I don't really know. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I go to school, I go to work, I go to bed. I don't know. And how we're, we're kind of stuck in this place of just, there's no satisfaction and there's no contentment. There's no real enjoyment of life. There's just life and we're just living it. So Last week, we talked about some habits that I believe will help bring you contentment, but tonight, I'm really excited to talk about like the state and the condition of your heart and how that affects the contentment that you have in your life, and tonight's message is going to be a little bit different for me. I'm going to ask you guys a lot of questions, and this is going to be stuff I just really want you to think on, okay? And this is hot off the presses, and what I mean by that is these are the things God is asking me like right now and the things that I'm asking myself right now. So I'm just going to pass them on to you guys. So it's not going to be a bunch of real specific points. I've got some things at the end, but I want you guys just to listen and to really think about this stuff tonight because the reason I'm not going to stand up here and give you really detailed answers is because I actually think the answers are going to be different for everyone in the room. And I know, I believe it's God's heart to give you the answers himself. So for instance, if I stand up here and I say, what does it look like to be completely happy? I'm not gonna stand up here and give you the answer for that, but I'm gonna show you how to get the answer to that from God. If you're saying, what does it look like to have a life that I love? Right? I can't spell that out for each one of you because that's different for each one of us. And there's some things that we can name, but more than anything, I wanna bring you guys just to God tonight to say, hey, I'm missing something. If I don't like my life, I'm missing something. Something is not working right. And that's the good news. If you feel like you're just in this place of just like, ah, life is just whatever. It is just is what it is. It can be so much more and it can be so much better. And if you're feeling like, can I be happy in life? The answer is absolutely yes. Can you love your life? Absolutely yes. Can you be satisfied and content even when things aren't perfect? Absolutely yes. So if you miss the habits we talked about last week, I would encourage you to listen to that podcast because I think that they'll help you. But tonight, I just want to talk about stuff that pertains to your heart. And like I said, I'm going to give you guys a lot to think on. So I know you might not be shouting tonight or it might not feel like a rhema word, but I want to bring God's heart to you tonight about what your life can really be like and how to really be content. And this whole message, this part of the message came out of Psalm 37, 4, and it says this, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And I think a lot of us read that and we think, I don't know how to do that. Okay, he'll give me the desires of my heart. That's great. God is saying, this is the way to get everything you're dreaming of. This is the way to get everything that your heart wants and your heart needs. That's awesome. But what do we need to do? Delight yourself in the Lord. And in, in a different translation, it says it like this. Enjoy the Lord and he will give you what your heart asks. And I just think that is so interesting, and that's something God's been asking me lately. Are you enjoying me? Not are you enjoying church? Are you enjoying preaching? 
Are you enjoying doing what you're called to do? Are you enjoying the people you're around? No, are you enjoying God? And I think most of us feel like maybe we don't even know how to do that. Like enjoy God. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know what that means, but it's possible. Enjoy the Lord and he will give you what your heart asks. So I want to challenge tonight the way that we think about God because God has been really helping me approach my relationship with him from a human perspective, if I can say it that way. Think about it this way. Why do you enjoy hanging out with your best friends? It's fun, right? You like talking to them. You like doing things with them. You have things in common with them. We all know there's people that we like to hang out with, and there's people we don't like to hang out with. I was thinking this earlier. Do you guys ever know when you were a kid, and I will do this. I would do this as a mom, so this is no shade to moms who do this, but you're having your birthday party, and you have your list of your besties who you want to come to your birthday party. So you submit it to your mother, and she's like, oh, well, these people aren't on the list. You're going to invite them too, and you're like, mom. I don't want to invite them. I didn't put them on the list, mom. (laughs) I don't want them at my party, mom. And the mom's like, no, that's rude. You're not going to invite every girl at church except for two. You're going to invite them all, which is correct, okay? And I'm glad my mother did that and I would do it too. But you guys know there's people you like hanging out with and there's people you don't enjoy being around so much, right? No one likes hanging out with people that they don't like, which seems silly, but I'm concerned that we're kind of looking at God that way. Like we know we're supposed to hang out with him and have a relationship with him. We know we're supposed to spend time with him, but we don't want to do it. We don't make time for it. Or if we do, it just feels like a struggle. And if you feel that way, I'm not criticizing you because I think a lot of Christian adults live their life that way. But God is saying to this, enjoy the Lord. So here's what I'm saying. God is helping to show me, hey, the same way you enjoy hanging out with the people you love, you can enjoy hanging out with me that same way. There's a way for you to spend time with God and love it as much as hanging out with your best friends. And I don't think we often think of God that way, right? Because he's higher than us and he's bigger than us and he knows everything. And yes, he is, but the Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer to a brother than a brother. Excuse me. He's a friend that sticks closer to a brother. I love to hang out with both of my brothers. They're wonderful people, way cooler than me, much smarter than me. God is saying, hey, just as much as you enjoy hanging out with them and hanging out with your best friends and hanging out with family, that's what our relationship is supposed to be like, right? So let's not think of God as sort of just, you know, when we spend time with him, it's what we're supposed to do and it's our duty and it's our service. Let's transition the state of our heart and mind to say, okay, I love God. I do serve him. He is our God. He's our Lord, right? He's our savior. He's our king. We could say a million things, but he's my friend and he wants me to enjoy hanging out with him. And he knows what we think is fun. Do you know that he made us? He made humans. He knows that we like enjoyment. He knows that we like entertainment. He knows that we like to have a good time. So when he's saying, hey, I'm calling you to a relationship with me, it's going to be fun. It's going to be enjoyable. And we don't think of God that way. Like I said, I feel like when I say that, most people are like, that sounds nice, but I don't even know how. Enjoy the Lord and he'll give me what my heart asks. Okay, but how do I enjoy him? Right? We're going to get to that a little bit later. But another verse I see that echoes something similar is in Psalm 1611. And it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. 
and in your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. What an amazing picture of our relationship with God. He'll show you the path of life, right? In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. If we don't enjoy life, and life is not a pleasurable thing with us, it's not really a life problem as much as it's a relationship problem. If I'm not enjoying my day-to-day life right now, it's no one's fault, it's not my circumstances, it's not my job, it's not school, it's not something stressful, no. If I am not enjoying life, something is wrong with my relationship with God. I know that that's the truth because he says, in your presence is fullness of joy. If I'm really spending time with God the right way, I can be full of joy no matter what if I'm spending time with God. So here's questions I'm asking myself. Okay, well, if I'm spending time with God and I'm still not joyful, then what's going on here? Am I really spending time with him and getting into his presence? Or am I just reading my Bible and praying because I I know what I need to do and I know that I'm disciplined to do that and I know I'm supposed to do that. So I do that and then I go to work and go on with my day. Something's missing if I don't leave that with joy that carries into my day. If I don't leave that with pleasures, if my life isn't pleasurable, right? Pleasures forevermore. If If I'm leaving unsatisfied and not full of joy, I've done something wrong there. And that's good news. I think there's more available out of a relationship with God than we are realizing or taking advantage of. Not only does he want to speak to me and help me and guide me, he wants to make my life full of joy. And, you know, I think you know, people think joy is an emotion, maybe most people. And then sometimes you get in a church service and they say, no, joy is a choice. And it's like, okay, all right. But the Bible really says joy is a fruit. Or we could say joy is an outcome. Joy is a result. It says the result of spending time with the Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, etc. So joy is not an emotion. And I would say joy is not a choice. I know what people are saying when they're saying choose joy. And I get it. But here's what I've really learned. I can't just choose joy. When I really need joy, I have got to go to his presence. Because joy is a result of being in his presence presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. The result of spending time with the spirit is love, joy, peace, and on and on it goes. But if I'm lacking joy, it's not as simple as just standing there and saying, okay, I choose joy. That's great. And I said that to myself, but if I haven't spent time in God's presence lately or like daily, (laughs) there's no joy for me to choose, right? Joy is a Fruit, if we think about a fruit and picking something off a tree, I can't pick what I didn't plant. I can't walk around and just claim joy and just choose joy when I'm lacking the presence part. That's where it is. I've got to go where it is and cultivate that in my life. And if I'm spending time with God and there's no joy, there's no result of joy and peace and stuff like that, something is wrong in my time with God. And for me, most of the time, it's because I'm showing up to check a box. And I'm checking a box out of love. I love God. I want to honor him. I want to do what's right. So I want to spend time in the word and in prayer. But I've got to check my heart and start to really show up just to hang out with him. Not just to get a message to preach you guys or not just to read my Bible because I know that it's the right thing to do. I get so hung up on that to-do list that right now God is teaching me, if you don't read your Bible right now in this prayer time, that's okay. There are times when I just want to talk to you and you're trying to do this much time in prayer and then get this much time in the Word in and then you're going to, you know, carry on with your morning routine and go to work. It's not about 
a checklist. It's about what God is asking you to do. There are days when I can tell I need to spend more time in worship. So that might mean I read my Bible a little less that day, right? Or there are times when I need to spend extended time in prayer, so I might read my Bible a little less. Or there's days when I'm feeling kind of emotional and I want to put the worship music on and God says, no, you need the word today. <laughs> You're kind of like this and you need the hope and stability that is from the word of God to even you out today, sister. You're a little wobbly. So it's not just about checking all my boxes and making sure I got my word and my prayer and my worship in a day. It's really going to God and letting him tell me what I need. Going to him as a friend and letting him give me advice. Hey girl, my advice to you today, <laughs> just pray. Just pray. You don't need to worry about your Bible right now in this moment and make sure you get your chapters in. Just pray. Why? Because this is a relationship. I'm not showing up just to do things for him and in front of him and to serve him, but I'm showing up to really meet with him and talk to him. And that is possible. I know some people feel like, ah, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to give you some things at the end that I think will really help you. But just know that it's possible. If I need joy, if I need strength, I don't need to just claim those things and, and you know, slap a Bible verse on it. That helps, and we're anchored by the Word of God. But I really need to go to the presence of God and get that joy in his presence is fullness of joy. So rather than saying joy is a feeling or a choice, I would say joy is a fruit. I need to cultivate that in my life so that I've got that fruit. And something else kind of along these lines, I love this in Acts 17, 24 through 28, and I've got a couple of longer passages coming up. Like I said, I'm giving you guys, I hope, some things to think about. If any of these verses jump out at you, take it home and think about it. And it's a little bit of a, a longer passage here, so hang in there with me. And I didn't actually give these longer passages to them in the back. Sometimes, I don't know if this is your guys' experience, but <laughs> if the preacher's reading like 10 verses, I'm so like distracted trying to read them on the screen. So tonight is a little bit more about listening. Most of this is not going to be up there behind me when I'm talking about it. But Acts 17 says this, He's the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. How many times am I showing up to spend time with God, acting like it's for him and he needs it? I do that a lot. I don't know if you do, but I kind of do that a lot. So this is amazing. He, he has no needs. Human hands can't serve his needs because he has no needs. Why does he want to spend time with me then? Just because he likes me? Because this is a relationship? because he has a good time when we hang out and I'm supposed to as well. It says this, he himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. For one man he created, or excuse me, from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. And here's what I want to bring to light tonight. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his children. But that phrase tonight, God has been bringing up to me, for in him we live and move and exist. What would that look like if we really lived and moved and existed in God? Because when God has brought this, this passage to my mind, I've had to realize I had to think really hard about what that meant. What does it mean? In him I live and I move and I exist, right? I know that he created me, but am I living and moving and existing in him? And what does that look like? 
And I'm not just trying to ask a bunch of vague, open-ended questions tonight, but I am hoping to reveal that there is just so much available in a relationship with God. How amazing that I could move through every day living, moving, and existing in Him. To me, that means He's involved in every single thing I do. And I'm learning now how to involve him in every single thing I do because I lived a lot of life involving him in certain things, uh, but not inviting him to be a part of others. But if I want to say that I live and I move and I exist in God, that is all day, every part of my day. But the amazing thing is, if I can find a way to walk in God's presence like that throughout the day, to live and move and exist in Him, I'll know then that I can have love all day long and joy all day long and peace all day long and patience all day long, kindness all day long, self-control all day long. And when you go down that list, that pretty much takes care of every problem that I have personally. (laughs) If I have a constant steady stream of those all day long, I'm good to go. But the key then is to figure out how do I live and move and have my existence in him? How do I have his presence with me at all times? Now, he's with me at all times, right? But there's a difference um, between God just being with us and us inviting his presence into every part of our day all day, right? I hope this is provoking your thoughts tonight. And something else that kind of echoes this same idea is in John 15, Verses one through seven, it says this, I'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. So remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And I'm going to stop there, but in your own time, you can read those other verses. But again, what just an amazing and even challenging thought that God is saying, hey, (laughs) you can live in me. I can live in you. Without me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can be fruitful all day long. And if you think about it this way, we don't talk really about branches and trees as if they're separate, right? If we're pointing out a tree, we're not saying things like, oh, look at that tree, look at that branch, and look at that leaf, right? It sounds dumb to even say that out loud. We're just, oh, it's a tree. It's, it's all connected. It's all one unit, right? The leaves, the branches, the tree, it's all just the tree. So this is an interesting illustration, I think, that God is giving us because we wouldn't look at a plant and just point out parts of it as if they were separate things and disconnected. So what an amazing thing then to think of us just being one with God, being an extension of God. There's not God and us. He's saying, no, you abide in me. I abide in you. And together, you're just an extension of me bearing fruit, right? Being that connected to God, and I'm challenged to be that connected to God. Am I really living my day-to-day, everyday life, being so connected to him that there's just, I'm an extension of him. We're not separate. It's not God and then me. I'm an extension of God in the earth. How amazing. And again, though, it's kind of like, okay, that's great, but how do we do it? I believe we do it by keeping our heart turn toward him and just inviting his presence into every part of our day, you know? And this is, I think, in some ways, the difference between 
you know, when you just look at people, amazing people like Pastor Nancy or Dr. Jacobs, people that we admire and you're just thinking, how do they do what they do? <laughs> like everything that comes out of their mouth is amazing. Wow. This is, you know, how are they doing that? But then when they begin to reveal how they live their personal life, it's not that they're just constantly maybe praying or reading or studying. They're doing those things, but they walk constantly with an awareness of God. Their heart is constantly turned toward him. They're inviting his presence into their lives. And that's not just available for the people that we look up to. That's for you. You can live your life every day completely connected to God the whole day. And it says you're going to bear much fruit. And again, what is the fruit the Bible tells us about? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control, meekness. I think I named 10. I always do name 10 because they got me confused in preschool and they called one fruit two different names. And now I don't know which it is. (laughs) So in my life, there's 10 fruits of the spirit, not nine. Um, But to think that we can, we can just walk in that all day. That's what I want. And to be honest, with you right now, for me, it's a little bit intermittent. (laughs) Those things are not a constant flow in my life because I'm learning to bring God's presence into every part of my life, not just when I'm spending time with him, not just when I'm ministering at church, not just when I'm doing stuff with you guys. How do I have that all day, every day, so that I can have a continual just flow of love and joy and peace and stuff like that in my life. How amazing. And that's what God is helping me to see, hey, it's possible, and I believe it's easier than we think. It's just a matter of keeping our heart turned toward him and inviting him in. And that's why I wanted to talk about the status of our heart tonight. And I've got a couple of quotes I want to share with you and then just couple, a couple of really easy points that I think will help get you all started in this tonight, and then we'll be done. But I read these quotes and thought, this is so interesting. Charles Stanley said this, We can be tired, weary, and emotionally distraught, but after spending time alone with God, we find that he injects into our bodies energy, power, and strength. And that's kind of just like a rephrasing of God saying, yeah, the fruit of the spirit or the results of spending time with me is everything you need. Again, if I'm leaving my time with God and I'm not feeling full of joy and strengthened and peaceful, I've missed what was available to me in that time. I probably showed up with my checklist instead of showed up just to hang out with him as somebody I love and as somebody that I want to be my closest friend. We can be tired, weary, and emotionally distraught. Hello, do you guys ever feel that way? I do often. I could be tired, weary, or emotionally distraught, but after spending time alone with God, we find that he injects into our bodies energy, power, and strength. I thought that was such a great quote. There was another quote that said this by R.A. Torrey. We're too busy to pray, and so we are too busy to have power. We have a great deal of activity, but we accomplish little. Many services, but few conversions. Much machinery, but few results. And I love the beginning of that. We're too busy to pray, and so we're too busy to have power. And I don't know if you have felt this way in your life, but I've reached a point in my life where I just know that I can't live without the power of God. I just can't because there are things that in the world that are too dark and too heavy and they can't just be, you know, wished away by human power. Like we can't do it on our own. And it's so important to me and not only to experience freedom for myself, but to bring freedom to others. I cannot show up and pray freedom or deliverance or healing for someone if I'm just struggling and weak myself. Now, God is merciful and he'll move to whatever he can, I believe, whatever level he'll meet people 
people's faith where it's at, but I want to be strong myself so that when I'm showing up, the power of God is there with me. Or when I'm having a hard day at work on a Tuesday at 10 a.m., hey, the power of God is there with me. I've cultivated his presence. My heart is turned towards him, and I don't have to struggle that day. I can have strength. I can have joy. I can have peace. And when I'm strong, then I'm able to, hey, help you guys. If one of you comes to me and you need something or somebody shows up, I think, man, the devil is just so mean. Um, I just think we can't, people just can't be free without deliverance. There are certain things that I believe just cannot break off people without a dramatic encounter with the power of God. I don't think they can pray it away. I don't think they can read their Bible enough to make it go away. It's going to require deliverance because they've gotten into something that's demonic. Something has attached itself to their life. Not trying to get too too far out into like a deliverance message tonight, but I'm just so grieved by like the heaviness of the problems people have. I feel for them so much. You can just see darkness on people. You can see just the struggle on people. And we've got to be able to bring deliverance to them. And that's not just like a me thing. That's not just for the pastors or the prophets or whoever you think lays hands on people. That's for you. That's for praying for your friends at school. That's for the people you're going to encounter later in life. It's going to take us all (laughs) to save the world and to change the world. It's not about the pastors. It's about the church. That's us. And we've got to have the power of God to bring to people because there are some things that need to be just broken off their life. They can't just be prayed away. They need deliverance and an encounter with the power of God that will remove that thing from them. So those quotes stirred me so much. I don't want to be in a place where I'm just struggling through every day. How am I supposed to bring help to people if I'm struggling through every day, right? And God is gracious and he will help people. But I believe we're called to be strong. We are called to have a relationship with God that we enjoy. Enjoy your time with God. That's what I want you to do. Enjoy your time with God. And when you begin to really show up to hang out with him just to enjoy him, you will leave that time different. I can promise you 100% there's a total difference than when I show up to God to study for a message or show up just to do my like morning devotions, my Bible reading, my prayer time. It's different when I show up to God just to hang out. Just like I would show up to hang out with one of you guys. I don't have a, an agenda I don't have a purpose. I'm not trying to get something from you. And I'm not trying to have you just help me with something major. We're just hanging out, right? We're just talking. We're just having fun. I'm just enjoying being with you. Do we do that with God ever? Do we, maybe if you like the outdoors, do you just sit outside and enjoy it with God, the guy who made it, right? We can look at things sometimes and be like, wow, that's so cool. That's so beautiful. Why don't you connect it with the person who made it and say, God, that's so amazing. This is so cool, this thing you made. And this is going to lead us towards three things that I think are going to help you toward this, toward a relationship with God that you can enjoy. Or we could say it this way, how to keep your heart turned toward God throughout the day. It's not just something I do in the mornings in my, again, prayer time. No, it's keeping my heart turned toward him all day. And the first thing I want to give you a tip to is to start and end your day with God. We see two examples in the Gospels. There's actually more than two, but it says this about Jesus in Mark 1.35. Rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And in Luke 16.12, it's recorded this. And these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. 
Now, I'm not telling you you have to get up very early while it's still dark or that you have to pray all night long. <laughs> but my point to illustrate to you is that we see in the life of Jesus, he demonstrated that to us. He started the day with God and he ended the day with God. And we see uh, clues of this in the life of David in the Psalms of David too. He said, like, God, I love to worship you in the morning and God, I'm crying out to you at night. There's something really significant to starting and ending your day with God. That helps me keep my heart turned toward him in the middle. When I start my day with him and end my day with him, it impacts everything in between. And I want to bring some clarity to this, too, because I don't want you to think that this means you have to have an hour in the morning and an hour at night to sit there with your Bible and do whatever you think, you know, your quiet time routine is. It's much more simple than that. It's wonderful to have a routine. It's wonderful to be disciplined. But God is somebody who wants to hang out with you. So sometimes this is as simple as this. Listen, do you want a real life example? <laughs> Recently, I don't even remember how I overslept. There was a situation where I dramatically overswept. I did not have time for a quiet time before work that day. It was like get up and shower and run. But even in those times, I just stop either in my house or in my car and I talk to God for a second. That's all it takes if I didn't do it on the way to work, I'll do it when I'm walking into work. Most days I've done it before then, but some mornings are hectic sometimes. I get it. So I'm not telling you guys you have to start your day with an hour with God, but stop and acknowledge him and say, God, thank you for this day. Thank you that this is going to be a good day. Thank you that you're with me today. Thank you that you're helping me today. I am excited about what you have for me today. I ask you to talk to me today. I want to hear you speak to me today. And I thank you for everything you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. It can be just that simple, just stopping and acknowledging him. How many days do we start without even saying a word to God? And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm saying, hey, there's so much more in it. It's so amazing and will change your day in such a positive way if you will even just stop and say good morning to God and say, hey, I'm grateful for this day. Let me find a few things to be thankful for. Let me just turn my heart towards you today. That's my goal at all times, keeping my heart turned toward him so that I'm always ready to hear him and I can always invite his presence in my life. But start the day just like that. And same thing with ending the day. I'm not saying you have to read your Bible for two hours before you go to bed, but how about you just don't go to sleep without talking to God? Saying, God, thank you so much for this day. When I started doing this, it was a little bit like this. Uh, I'm grateful for this today. I'm grateful for that today. I had a hard time with this today, and I had a hard time with that today. I need your help with this. I ask you to speak to me about this. I'm grateful for the safety you gave me today. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful that you have a plan for my life. Just talking to him like that. If you start and end your day with God, I'm not kidding. It makes such a difference in between. Those times that I miss either one of those, I will go through my day in a bad mood, or I will wake up the next morning in a bad mood. What happened? My heart just shifted away from God. It's just small. It's not like I was doing anything bad or crazy or wrong or extremely sinful or whatever. I just let my heart just drift away from him and just drift to life, right? All the human stuff, all the stressful stuff, all the annoying stuff, all the blah, 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 blah stuff. It makes such a difference in the outlook of my life if I just keep my heart turned toward him. And one big way that I do that is to start and end every day with God. The second tip I want to give you is to give God all the time that you can. In Revelation 2, 4, and 5, it says this. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. 
Repent and do the things you did at first. And if you don't repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. I'm not going to get into the lampstand tonight. But it says you've forsaken the love you had at first. And I would rephrase it like this for us. Hey, have you forsaken the love you had at camp? (laughs) Have you forsaken the love you had after a great service where you got ministered to and you went home and were just like so grateful to God, right? It is so easy for us to let those things slip. And here's why I want to challenge you out of this. Give God all the time you can. He says this, repent and do the things you did at first. What did you do at camp and after camp that impacted your life? What did you do after that great church service, right? What did you do when God had just ministered to you and moved in your life and set you free in a really tangible way? Hey, get back to that place. Get back to that place and give God all the time you can. I can't stress this enough that you don't have to spend hours with him, but it changed my life when I started talking to him throughout the day. I didn't just leave it in the morning and I didn't just leave it at night. Like I I just used to think, well, you have your, your devotional time, your quiet time, and that's your quiet time, right? But then I would just neglect to talk to God for like (laughs) quite a while after that, but it's a long day, right? Give God as much time as you can. And what that looked like for me is that I just started doing things like praying in the car, right? Just praying in the car. Not for hours, not even sometimes for 15 or 20 minutes, sometimes for two or three minutes. Just check in with God, talk to him for a minute, pray in tongues for a minute. It looks like things like this, Uh, finding a Bible verse that was really speaking to me, writing it down on a note card, and reading it throughout the day. Looking at it on my lunch break, looking at it when I got off work, looking at it when I got home, looking at it when I got up in the morning. These little things that you do, those are spending time with God, right? The Bible is the word of God. That's him speaking something to you. So learn to take that stuff to him and say, God, thank you for helping me through this verse today. Give God as much time as you can. And I'm not talking about six hours straight, but I am talking about as much as you can throughout the day. Keep your heart turned toward him. I can't say that enough. Listen, when I started doing these things years ago, some of this, it was just amazing how much God started speaking to me. And I was that person who felt like I cannot hear God speak. (laughs) I can hear him like twice a year and that's it. (laughs) When I started doing these things, man, just right and left, he was able to speak to me and it was so easy. And it wasn't that I had done anything special. It was just that I chose to really turn toward him. I had spent all that time not asking him to speak to me all day and not speaking to him all day, right? If I want to hear from you and it's lunchtime, I'm going to text you on my lunch break, right? And then you can text me back. Well, God's kind of the same way. If I want to hear from him throughout the day, all I got to do is reach out. All I got to do is turn my heart toward him. All I got to do is grab that verse and he'll speak to me through that. All I got to do is take a couple minutes to pray in tongues and later all of a sudden there comes my answer that I was needing for that situation. It's so easy. I wish I could just help you guys just show you how easy it is and how exciting it is. There is nothing like it when the creator of the world starts talking to you all the time nothing like it. And I don't want to live without that. I start to freak out if I get too busy and I'm not doing a good job keeping my heart turned toward him and I stop hearing him speak to me all the time. I hate that feeling. There's nothing that makes me feel more alone and hopeless than when I put myself in a place where it's hard to hear him. So keep your heart turned toward him by giving him all the time you can. A.W. Tozer said this, if a man really wants to be used by God, he cannot spend all of his time with people. If a man really wants to be used by God, 
He cannot spend all of his time with people. And I'm not saying that you can't hang out with people. That's not the point of tonight. But it does make sense, right? If I want a better relationship with someone, I'm going to have to spend time with them. It's no different uh, with friends than it is with God. If I want a better relationship with God, I'm going to have to spend more time with him. And the very last tip, the third one I want to give you tonight is really easy. Make your time with God enjoyable. And this was a silly place that I missed it for a long time too. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if anyone relates to this or if I just had this like so confused. Like I said, I, I just grew up kind of just thinking like I just had to have my checklist of things to do. And then I had to just be sitting in a certain place and like praying and reading my Bible. And every time I would try, it was just a disaster. <laughs> it did not go well. And I'm telling you, it just took me forever to really realize that like, I could take a walk and pray, or I could read my Bible in my car, or I could listen to worship music on a drive and spend time with God. You don't have to be like sitting holed up in your room spending time with God. Make your time with God enjoyable. What do you like to do? Just bring God into it. What do you like to do? If you love music, then have worship music on around you a lot, right? If you are somebody who likes to take drives, that's great. Take a prayer drive. Say, I'm going to pray on this drive. I'm going to have worship music on this drive. If you like to be outside, sit outside at the park and read your Bible. Take a walk and pray. Like, there's actually a lot of studies that show that moving your body while you pray is really helpful. It helps your mind to focus a little bit more when you're getting that energy out of your body. Um, That's been really helpful for me. It's good for me to move while I pray, even if I'm just, like, pacing a room. I just don't do that good sitting and praying. But make your time with God enjoyable. What do you like? If you love to swim and you love to be in the pool, great. Go outside, turn on a podcast, listen to the word while you're in the pool. It's these little things. I know this is like super simple and you might even think it's kind of stupid, but too many people are trying to spend time with God in ways they don't like. Don't do it. Do something that you like. Go to a place that you like. I actually have a really hard time studying or praying at home. My best times usually aren't at home. My best times are usually in the car. And I love to even bring my computer in the car and write messages in the car. I don't know why. I'm just better when I'm outside of my house. You can go to a coffee shop and do this. Pop your AirPods in. Have your Bible out. There are literally like limitless options for this. But make your time with God enjoyable. What do you like? If you hate doing X, Y, Z in your time with God, don't do it. Go somewhere else and do it. Do something different. It's super easy, but like I, it just took me so long to, to get that. I just thought my time with God had to just be like undivided focus and attention on him. But when I try and sit and focus on something, I can't focus at all. So it was a burden lifted off of me when I realized I could get out and do stuff and still spend time with God, and it was great. So those are my tips to you tonight. Start and end your day with God. Give God all the time that you can and make your time with God enjoyable. And I want to finish in Psalm 37, 4 again. Enjoy the Lord and he will give you what your heart asks. So I want to finish focusing on that last part. We've been talking about how do we enjoy the Lord, but he will give you what your heart asks. And that's where this comes back to contentment. This series was called Calling for Contentment. God is going to give you what your heart is asking for. And it's interesting that, like we talked last week, we're living in a world where it's like almost, we're not really asking for stuff anymore because we've already done it and we know it doesn't do anything for us. We've already drank everything, smoked everything, bought everything, done everything, and we're still just so restless and unsatisfied. I really think the cry of our entire culture right now is just to be happy, 
just to be content, just to be satisfied and at peace. And if that's the cry of your heart tonight, hey, God says, listen, enjoy the Lord and he will give you what your heart is asking for. So I really believe if you start to seek him in a new way, really go to him just like he's a friend and somebody that you love, somebody that you're hanging out with. You can learn to enjoy him. You can learn to turn your heart toward him and invite his presence into every part of your life. You can learn to walk through your whole day in joy and with peace and with patience and with self-control. Whatever you need, whatever you're feeling like in your heart that you want, it comes from enjoying God. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. You just need to show up and enjoy God. So I hope that this has stirred in you, uh, like a desire to know God better. That's what it's done for me. It's been such, I'm, I told you guys I'm learning this. I'm learning to walk in these things like unbroken throughout the day. But that takes such a weight off my shoulders to know that I don't have to show up and perform for God. I don't have to do my checklist. I just need to show up and enjoy him. And that's the point. That's why he created us. So I'll go ahead and pray as we close tonight and we can head outside. Father, we're so grateful to have a, a God who loves us, Father, and a God who's made a relationship that we are supposed to enjoy, Father. So I thank you for speaking to the heart of every person in the room tonight, Father, showing them your love for them, showing them how much you care about them and how much you enjoy spending time with him. And we just commit, Father, to keep our heart turned toward you. We want to know you, Father. We just want to enjoy you. And we thank you that as we enjoy you, Father, you're going to bring to pass every heart's desire in the room, Father, that contentment is easier than we ever thought. Satisfaction is easier than we ever thought. And it all comes from you, Father. So we are so grateful that you've made it so easy for us. And I thank you for safety as we're here together for the rest of the night. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media 